read the a prophecy that Pastor Gary spoke, a word of the Lord through him. And it says, um, get ready to pass over. Get ready to pass over, says the Lord, from what has been to what shall be. This past year has been preparing you by my word. Think about it. We've been preparing this whole last year for here and now. Preparing the church for this passing over. We passed over. <laughs> we passed over 946 and landed smack dab here. Thank you, Jesus. A releasing and letting go. An exodus of that which has been good in me to something greater in me. And uh, the synonym for exodus is an outpouring. It's a sudden widespread occurrence or manifestation of something. Get ready. Because he's about to bust out. I said bust out. I said bust out. Right? Amen. You're going to know what to do. It's not good to know because you can't. We're not going to be going around. Oh, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't. No, you're going to know. You are going to know what to do. So keep your eyes fixed on the straight way. That's how you're going to know. Not in anyone else in the race or any distractions because everybody else has their own. Everybody has their own lane, right? And you stay in your lane, and you'll you'll arrive there just in time. Amen. So keep your eyes fixed on the straight way, not on anyone else in the race or any distractions. Why? You have been prepared and you have been ready by my spirit, groomed and trained for the final stretch. He's grooming and he's trained. He is grooming. He is training you for the final stretch. Yes, the home stretch. Hebrews 12, 1 says that you're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses cheering you on. So keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. He is the pioneer and the protector of your faith. For the joy that was set before him endured hardship and is now one of those ones cheering you on to win. And if he's cheering you on, I guarantee it, you're going to win. Amen. He has never lost a race. Never. He has never lost a fight. Never. He has never lost a battle, and he's got he's gonna take care of your business. Amen. He'll take care of your business. Yeah. Yes, he will. He's the one that's cheering you on to win, fixing your eyes on the finish line, the prize, on me getting ready for you. Amen. Your church, your ministry, and for many of you, your ministries, Amen. plural. To pass over into the winner's circle by the broken body and shed blood of Jesus, says the Spirit of the Lord, the Spirit of grace. Hallelujah. Man, Amen. you let that settle on the inside of you, and I'll tell you what, you will not be the same. And when things happen, which they do, you will bounce up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Title this message, Wine and Dine. W-H-I-N-E. Wine and Dine. Well, you think I was talking about wine? <laughs> no. <laughs> I quit that a long time ago. I'm good. Genesis 12, 1, please. I'm going to be reading a lot out of the New Living Translation. So, because it's, it's because it's cool. The Lord said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives and your father's family. Go to the land that I will show you, and I will make you into a great nation. Who's going to do the making? He is. He said, I'm going to bless you and make you famous. Could you imagine? Are you one of those people that when you walk down the street, they're going to say, hey, I know you. That happened to me the other uh, Friday. I was over at, at uh, Long and McQuaid, and a guy comes up to me and says, man, I used to work with you back when you were at the Hilton. 
That was like 25 years ago, 26. Must have made an impact because I didn't know him. <laughs> I'm looking, I'm going, oh, you did? That's cool. <laughs> right on. But hey, God will make you famous. He said, yeah, I heard that you're playing in a Christian band and playing Christian stuff. Um, I haven't seen this guy. So all of a sudden, so people are talking about me. People are talking about you, even though you don't think they are. <laughs> Let me tell you. They're talking about you. <laughs> he said, I'm going to bless you and make you famous, and you'll be a blessing to others. That's what he wants. That's his key. Be blessed to be a blessing, right? Uh, in verse 3, I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who treat you with contempt. See, he'll, he'll fix them. Vengeance is his. It's not yours. Put your guns away. <laughs> I know you want to join that people, uh, you know, that slap a lot tribe. <laughs> Don't do that. Although you want to. There's some you just want to just turn around and just, <clears throat> but you can't. Let him do it. He'll deal with it. Oh, yeah. He said, I'll bless those who bless you. Curse those who treat you with contempt. All of the families on the earth will be blessed through you. Through you. Jeremiah 29, 11, uh, it says, why? For I know the plans I have for you. He's got a plan for you. And it's not to wine and dine. <laughs> we'll get to that later. He's got a plan for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. And in those days when you pray, make sure you pray. Because when you do, he says, I will listen. But if you don't pray, how's he going to listen? Give him something to listen to. And if you look for me wholeheartedly, that's with your whole heart. Lord, I give you my heart. I love that song. Brings it back to the Philippines when we first heard that. Joey, we were all there, man, and just sitting there. How? Okay. Here you are in the Philippines, and it's, there's people that, that have left their families for a couple of years um, to go to a Bible school. And they showed up with nothing but the clothes on their back. And so one of the guys, Arsenio, he had a uh, loincloth. He was from a headhunter tribe. And that's how he showed up. Now, you, if you look at the guy, he's one of the best dressed people in the Philippines. The man was wearing a suit and it's like 90 plus, 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 ridiculous outside. And here he is in a suit, smiling. But they, we used to sing that. They, they would sing that song, Lord, I give you my heart. And they had nothing. And we sit there and just right? Because you just get so moved. You hear these people with nothing. I mean, nothing, zero. We, we play, Pastor Carla and I played at this um, Mardi Gras, over 100,000 people. The stage was, oh my goodness, five times the size of this. And um, here we were, playing in front of the, all these people. And then we went um, from one stage to the next stage. And the, like the, the pastor that got us on there said uh, that, they were, that we're a Christian act, quote unquote act. So we just started playing. And they thought that we're going to be playing, uh, you know, uh, Mother May I and Mary, something full of grace. And we just sat out there. We just started rocking that place. And to the, fact, like to, to the point that people just we got their attention. And then so we went from one stage to the next stage, and you could see this whole sea of people following us to the next stage, making it famous, right? Here's these, yeah, here's these Canadians. And, and so we went to the next stage, and I'm playing, 
there's a wall behind me like this and and it's all lit up it's starting to get dark now and i look behind me i'm playing in shorts and a and a tank top and the wall is like this because it's all bugs right and i'm playing and all of a sudden something this thing was lime green it was about that big that thick and it had legs landed on my landed on my leg i'm sitting there trying to play go, ah! trying to get this thing off me but what i'm trying to say is that the the pastor they uh, they they invited us back for drinks uh for some fruit drinks over at their place and i happened to walk by their fridge when they opened it all that was in that fridge was one head of of cabbage that was it no condiments nothing just a head of cabbage but they wanted us they honored you know they felt honored by us to go to their house for these fruit drinks which they probably it cost them of you know one to two weeks wages but they wanted to bless us that way and so wow wow right gives you perspective and you know it felt like david when the um when the warriors broke in into uh, to bring him a glass of water and all he couldn't even drink it he just wanted to pour it out but we drank it because it was really good but man oh man it was something he said all the families on the earth will be blessed through you jeremiah 29 11 for i know the plans that i have for you see he has a plan for you and he knows what it is stick with him there are plans for good not for disaster i give you a future and a hope in those days when you pray i will listen if you look for me wholeheartedly you'll find me i will be found by you says the lord i will end your captivity and restore your fortunes and did you like you notice the fortunes has an s on the end so he's going to restore your fortunes yeah. Yeah. all of them and then some and then i think he's going to biggie size that yeah he said, I'll gather you out of the nations where I sent you, and I'll bring you home again to your own land. Come on, your own land, your own house, your own car that you own. Why not you? Right? Psalms 126, verses 1 to 4. King James, when the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, and pastors always taught us about Zion, it's a church. So he's going to turn again the captivity of New Covenant Ministries. Well, what's he going to do? We were like them that dream. Then was their mouth filled with laughter. Ha, 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 ha. It's easy to laugh when you're rich. Isn't it? Our, and our tongue. Okay, so our mouth was filled with laughter. Our tongue with singing. A tongue. And then they said among the heathen, the Lord has done great things for them. Mm-hmm. The Lord has done great things for us. We're, we're glad. When God does great something great for you, it's gonna, you know it's going to make you glad. Amen. It's not going to make you sad. It's not going to make you mad. It's going to make you glad. And then he says, turn again our captivity, O Lord, as the streams of the south. Mm, mm, mm. Listen to this in the message. It says, it seemed like a dream. It was too good to be true. When God turned Zion's exiles, we laughed, we sang. We couldn't believe our good fortune. We were the talk of the nations. People going to be talking about you. Did you see that new car I got? Mix driving a Tesla. Do you know how much money those are? <laughs> and he laughed and he laughed and he laughed and he laughed because he doesn't even have to drive. He doesn't have to steer the wheel. The thing will drive for him. And it makes really cool sounds too. 
Just saying. <laughs> ah, uh-huh. And so it says, we're the talk of the nations. God was wonderful to them. Mm. God was wonderful to us. We are one happy people. And now God, do it again. Come on. That's what we need. God, just do it again. Lay it on us. We're ready. Bring rains to our drought-stricken lives so those who plant their crops in despair will shout hurrahs at the harvest. You ever showed hurrah at a harvest? You ever showed hurrah, period? No, we don't go hurrah. Oh, hurrah. No. (laughs) So those who went off with heavy hearts will come home laughing with armloads of blessing. Armloads. Big. I like that. Zephaniah 3.20, it says, At that time I will bring you again, even in the time that I gather you, for I will make you a name and a praise among all people. It does say some people, all people of the earth. When I turn back your captivity before your eyes, says the Lord, before your eyes, which means everybody's going to see it. Everybody's going to see it. In the complete Jewish Bible, it says, when that time comes, I will bring you in. When that time comes, I will gather you and make you the object of fame and praise among all the peoples of the earth. When I restore your fortunes before your very eyes. He's going to do it before your very eyes. While you're watching, he's going to say, look at this. Hoop, there it is. How you like me now? So let's get into the wine and dine, shall we? Exodus chapter 16, verse 1, New Living. And it says, Then the whole community of Israel set out from Elam and journeyed into the wilderness of Sin. (laughs) Okay. Between Elam and Mount Sinai, uh, they arrived there on the 15th day of the second month, one month after leaving the land of Egypt. One month! One month after getting set free. There, too, the whole community of Israel complained about Moses and Aaron. It took him a month. If only the Lord had killed us back in Egypt, they moaned. We sat around pots filled with meat and ate all the bread we wanted. Where were they? But now you have brought us into this wilderness to starve us all to death. Then the Lord said to Moses, look, I'm going to rain down food from heaven for you. And each day, the people can go out and pick up as much food as they they need for that day. I will test them in this to see whether or not they'll follow my instructions. On the sixth day, they will gather food, but and when they prepare it, there will be twice as much as usual. So verse 6, Moses and Aaron said to all the people of Israel, By evening you realize it was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. In the morning you will see the glory of the Lord, because he has heard your complaints. They were complaining to Moses and Aaron, but who Aaron? But who heard, who heard it? The Lord. He said, "He has heard your complaints, which are against Him, not against us." So when you start complaining about the pastor or the leadership, guess who you complaining to? Say <laughs> law, la. We have done what we have done uh, that you should complain about us. Then Moses added, the Lord will give you meat to eat in the evening and bread to satisfy you in the morning. For he has heard all your complaints against him. What have we done? Yes, your complaints are against the Lord. They're not against us. Wine, wine, wine. (laughs) Verse 11. Then the Lord said to Moses, I have heard the Israelites' complaints. 
<laughs> now tell them in the evening you're going to have meat to eat, and in the morning you'll have all the bread you want, and then you'll know that I am the Lord your God. See, he's going to bless them in spite of who they are. That's the kind of God we serve. He's going to bless you with good. He's not going to bless you with... <laughs> they're already, in their minds, they're already starving. <laughs> they had no other way to go but up, right? <laughs> Feed me. That evening, verse 13, vast numbers of quail flew in and covered the camp. And the next morning, the area of, uh, around the camp was wet with dew. And when the dew evaporated, a flaky substance as fine as frost blanketed the ground. The Israelites were puzzled when they saw it. And what is this? That's what manna means. What is it? Manna. They asked each other. They had no idea what it was. And Moses told them, it is the food the Lord has given you to eat. And these are the Lord's instructions. Each household shall gather as much as he needs. Pick up two quarts for each person in your tent. Specific instructions. So the people of Israel did what they were told. Uh, did they? Uh, some gathered a lot, some only a little. Verse 18. But when they measured it out, everyone had just enough. Those who gathered a lot, a lot had nothing left over. Those who gathered only a little had enough. Each family had just what it needed. Then Moses told them, do not keep any of it till morning. The only instruction, don't keep anything till the morning. But some of them didn't listen and kept <laughs> some of it till the morning. By then, it was full of maggots and had a terrible smell. So you couldn't even get away with that. Uh-uh, you're stinky. And, he had a, and Moses was very angry with them. Just one little instruction. One thing remains. One thing. <laughs> Verse 21. After this, the people gathered uh, the food the morning by morning. <laughs> uh, they learned a lesson. Yeah. And each family, according to its need, as the sun became hot, the flakes they had not picked up melted and disappeared. On the sixth day, they gathered twice as much as usual, four quarts for each person instead of two. All the leaders of the community came and asked Moses for an explanation. <laughs> What's up? He told him, this is what the Lord commanded. Tomorrow will be a, a day of complete rest, a holy Sabbath day set apart for the Lord. So bake or boil as much as you want today and set aside what is left for tomorrow. Verse 29, they must realize that the Sabbath is the Lord's uh, gift to you. This is why he gives you a two-day supply on the sixth day, so there will be enough for two days. On the Sabbath day, you must each stay in your place. Stay in your place. Do not go out to pick up food on the seventh day. So the people did not gather any food on the seventh day. The Israelites called the food manna, and it was white like coriander seed, and it tasted like honey wafers. Interesting. Interesting. Numbers 11, verse 4. It says, Then the foreign rabble who were traveling with the Israelites began to crave the good things of Egypt. You got to watch those people. And the people of Israel also began to complain, wine, wine, wine. Over some meat, they exclaimed, we remember the fish we used to eat for free in Egypt. What? They, they were stomping mud, trying to make bricks, being fed with slop. It was fish. It might have been fish heads and fish <laughs> scales. Nothing. But it says, we remember the fish we used to eat for free in, in Egypt. They had nothing for free in Egypt. They were slaves. And we had all the cucumbers, melons, leeks, onions, and garlic we wanted. Verse 6, but now our appetites are gone. All we see is this manna. Why do you always have to preach the word all the time? 
Because that's what we do. This is what we do. Verse 18, and the people said to, and say to the people, purify yourselves, for tomorrow you're going to have meat to eat. You were whining. This is what God told Moses. You were whining, and the Lord heard, heard you when you cried, oh, for some meat. We're better off in Egypt. Now the Lord will give you meat, and, and you will have, <laughs> you're going to have to eat it, and it won't be for just a day or two or five or ten or even 20. You will eat for a whole month until you gag and you're sick of it. You, be, you, want, some, you want some meat? <laughs> for you have rejected the Lord who is here among you, and you have whined to him, wine and dine. Why is saying, why did we ever leave Egypt? Are you kidding me? Why did we ever leave? They were the ones screaming, God help us. So we helped them. Well, God send us back. No. <laughs> they said, why did we ever leave Egypt? But Moses responded uh, to the Lord, there are 6,000 foot soldiers here with me. And yet you say, I'll give them meat for a whole month. Even when we butchered all of our flocks and herds, would that satisfy them? Even if we caught all the fish in the sea, would that be enough? And the Lord said to Moses, has my arm lost its power? Don't you know who I am? Now you will see whether or not my word comes true. Do you remember the first time God did, your, did a miracle for you? You remember that? And now you find yourself in the middle of something? Did you remember what he did for you? He did it before, oh, yeah. and he will do it again. Amen. That's the God we serve. But sometimes we get in the middle of it, and we forget. And that's why we need to stir ourselves up over and over and over and over and over again, reminding ourselves, okay, you know what, God, um, you, <laughs> you did a mighty miracle. Yeah. So here's a bill. Unexpected. Totally out of the blue. You got mail. You got mail. Right? Mm-hmm. Verse 31. Now the Lord sent a wind. Uh, that brought quail from the sea and let them fall to the, uh, all around the camp. Uh, for miles in every direction, there were quail flying about three feet above the ground. Three feet above the ground, all kinds of quail. How would you walk? How would you move? Get these things bouncing all over you, right? Three feet high. So the people went out and caught quail all that day and through all, throughout the night and the next day too. No one gathered less than 50 bushels. Five zero. Each person must have been a start of Swiss chalet. Man, they spread the quail all around the camp to dry. But while they were gorging themselves on the meat, while it was still in their mouths, the anger of the Lord blazed against the people. And he struck them with a severe plague so that the place was called Kibroth Hatava, which means graves of gluttony. <laughs> they just went crazy. Because they buried the people who had craved the meat from Israel or from Egypt. But it was just like, man, are you serious? You want quail? All right, I'm going to wine and dine you. Numbers 11, verse 10. I, <laughs> Moses heard all the family sin in the doorways of the tents whining. And the Lord became extremely angry. Moses was also 
very aggravated. And the Lord, and the Moses said to the Lord, why are you treating me, your servant, so harshly? Have mercy on me. What did I do, do to deserve the burden of all these people? Did I give birth to them? Did I bring them into the world? Why did you tell me to carry them in my arms like a mother carries a nursing baby? How can I carry them to the land you swore to give their ancestors? Verse 13, where am I supposed to get meat for all these people? They keep whining to me, give us meat to eat. I can't carry all these people by myself. The load is far too heavy. I don't know if you've ever been there. It's not a good place to be. And it says, if this is how you intend to treat me, then just go ahead and kill me. Do me a favor and spare me this menace, this misery. Well, what did, see, God didn't listen to that. Good thing, because he was, <laughs> good thing. It says, and the Lord said to Moses, gather before me 70 men who are recognized as elders and leaders. We have elders and leaders here. Why? To lighten the load. To keep that out of my mouth. <laughs> Just go ahead and kill me, God. This is too much. No. He sent us backup. Thank God. We have elders. We have leaders. For such a time as this. It says, bring them to the tabernacle and stand there with you. I will come down and talk to you there, and I'll take some of the spirit that is upon you and put the spirit upon them also. They will bear the burden from, of the people along with you, so you will not have to carry this alone. This ministry is too big for just one person to carry it or two people to carry it. Now, we need everybody doing their part, right? Stay away from the whining and the dining, but and really realize that God's got a plan for each and every one of you, and it's going to happen. He says, I know what the plans are for you. He knows what he's got planned for you, but stay in the game. Stay in the boat. I saw this the other day, and I thought, oh, man, this is cool. It says, anger is one letter short of danger. Think about it. Anger is one letter short of danger. Why does he say be angry and sin not? Anger is one letter short of danger. Because you get angry, you're going to spout off whatever's there. Oh, it comes. Not even thinking. Then you got to deal with that, all the after effects afterwards, right? right. <laughs> then you go and cuss somebody out, and then you got to, especially if they're an idiot. Then you gotta. Then you can find yourself. You have to go and, re, and you, then you gotta go repent to that said idiot. So which is worse, right? Go up to some clown. Oh man, I'm, uh, I'm sorry, man. I shouldn't have said that to you. Meanwhile, <laughs> but you can't. Don't. Yeah, be. Don't. Don't. Just. It's dangerous. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger, danger, danger. Right? Anybody ever watch that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What's that called? Space? Um, oh, my goodness. Lost in space. Thank you. Yes, danger, Will Robinson. Yeah. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 32, verse 16. This is Jeremiah's prayer. 
then after I had given the papers to Baruch, I prayed to the Lord, O sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and the earth by your strong hand and powerful arm. Nothing is too hard for you. We need to remind ourselves that there is nothing too hard for him. Verse 20, you perform miraculous signs and wonders in the land of Egypt and here. Things still remember to this day, and you've continued to do great miracles in Israel and all around the world, all around the world. You have made your name famous to this day. You brought Israel out of, the, out of Egypt with mighty signs and wonders, with a strong hand and a powerful arm, and with overwhelming terror. You gave the people of Israel this land, and you have promised their, their ancestors long before a land flowing with milk and honey. What a God we serve, right? I've got to give you some verses out of the New Testament because we've been in the, in the old, which is good. But, uh, and, and, and it just goes along with the rest of this. Matthew 19, 26, it says, Jesus beheld them and said unto them, With men this is impossible, but with God, all things, all things are possible. And if Jesus said it all, he didn't stutter. He said, oh, New Living, New Living says, Jesus looked intently at them and said, humanly speaking, it is impossible. But with God, everything, everything is possible. Luke 137, in the Passion, it says, not one promise from God is empty of power. Not one. For nothing is impossible with God. Philippians 4.13, New Living, it says, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. So if nothing is impossible and you tag that to it, I can do everything. So we, we you know, when, when that opportunity uh, arises where it's like you don't know, say, okay, Lord, you said I can do everything, so I thank you for wisdom. Thank you for wisdom in this deal because I don't know, but you do. And you said, I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. And in the Passion, it says, I find that strength of Christ's explosive power. It infuses me to conquer every difficulty. This power infuses me to, to conquer every difficulty. Every single one. So, what are we going to say to that? What are we going to say to things then? Things, if God be for us, who, who can be against us? Philippians 2.13, New Living says, For God is working in you. He's the one that gives you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. God is the one. He'll give you the desire and the power to do. To do. What a good thing. What a good God we have. Um, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 16, please. Verse 13. 1 Corinthians 16, 13. It says, watch. This is the New King James. Watch steadfast in the faith. Be brave. Be strong. Let all that you do be done with love. Everything. Everything. Be brave. And be strong. Two, two things that's required of us. But if he's the one that's giving you the power and the ability to, to do, well, he's going to give you the power and the ability to be brave and to be strong, right? Yeah. 
In the Passion, it says, remember to stay alert and hold firmly to all that you believe. Because there are times when our belief system gets just lambasted. Right? But be strong. Come on now. Be strong. Be brave. Remember to stay alert and hold firmly to all that you believe. Be mighty and full of courage. Let love and kindness be the motivation behind all that you do. Yeah. Because some people want to love, but they're not going to be kind about it. <laughs> love and kindness, right? <laughs> Just saying. Well, I believe in tough love. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> sprinkle some kindness in there too. It'll be real, it'll be real nice. Uh, Romans 15, 13. It says, Now the God of hope fill you with fill you with all joy and peace in believing. So if we're supposed to be filled with joy and peace in believing. Be filled with joy and peace in believing, or while you're believing, while you're standing in between amen and there it is, there should be some joy and some peace in the middle, right? Not being miserably saved. I've seen those people. I smash those people with my cart. <laughs> I do. Yeah. Oh, oh, I do. I hunt them down. Yeah, if I, if I know you're a Christian, I will hunt you down like a dog and smash your cart. Just to, I, I have to do, a, I need to see if you're, <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yep. Is there joy and peace in your believing? Bam! Oh, it's Pastor Mo. How you doing? Oh, praise the Lord. Yeah, that's what you weren't about to say, praise the Lord. <laughs> uh -huh. um, New Living says, I pray that the God, that God, the, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust him. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing, too, is that our trust in him and, and you know, one of the biggest things that, that people say, well, I, I just can't afford it, tithing. Well, do you trust him or don't you trust him? If you trust him and he says to tithe, why? Because he'll, he'll open up the, the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing so big that you're going to have to turn, tell him to turn it off. Yeah, but I only got. Well, that's what the widow with the, <laughs> the, widow with the widow's might gave all she had because she trusted him. Just saying. A little bit? Will we? <laughs> it says, I pray that the God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the prayer, the power of the Holy Spirit. See, when, you're, when your trust gets full, Holy Spirit comes in and just biggie-sized that, and, and then you're just walking around going, you know what? I can run through a troop. I can leap yeah. over a wall. Man. Pfft. Yeah. Looking at that situation, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> Seriously? Seriously. In Acts 2:21, it says that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You got to trust him. We've all done it. 
And it's like that song, Bring Me Back to Where We Started. Right? Remember when you called on the name of the Lord yourself, for yourself. And I mean, on purpose, man. Uh, you know, there, there's times when we, we've done it, and, and it's just been kind of, yeah. Thank you, Jesus. But then there's sometimes where it's just like your eyes are closed, and it's like, you know what? It's the you and I, and we're doing business today. And so, like, when we, when, you know, you hear those kind of songs, Stephen, you want to come out? When you hear those kind of songs like that, it's just like, oh, man, I remember. And it brings you back. And sometimes you, you, you need to let yourself go back there. Don't stay there, but let it propel you forward. Let it reignite your fuse. Because sometimes, you know, I preached the message a while ago, um, you know, when your wood is wet. And sometimes your wood gets wet. There, there's stuff that happens where we're not as happy as we used to be, or as happy as we should be, or as happy as we could be. Maybe you're in the midst of a situation. Maybe you're in the midst of a, a, a physical battle, a financial battle, a social battle. doesn't matter. A battle is a battle. Right? And sometimes you just need to stir yourself up. In Ephesians 3.20, in the Passion, it says, Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you. Don't doubt that. Stir it up. Lord, I know that you have mighty power working. Your mighty power is working on the inside of me. I got you. You got me. So let's stir it up. Right? He says, never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and to accomplish all of this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request. What's your greatest request? What's your greatest need right now? That's what he starts with. That's his basement. And he's going to bless you on top of that, on top of that, on top of that. Get ready. Get ready. We hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord. For more information and ministry resources, we invite you to visit our website at www.newcovenantchurch.ca. We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to live victoriously.